0: Failing. Failing.
1: Failing. I know. We
0: talk about failure. Some
1: battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough.
0: I had to make some decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. I am excited to welcome Robin Johnson. Robin is the CEO and founder of Marketplace Blueprint. She is also a thyroid cancer and pulmonary embolism survivor. She has started multiple businesses that she went from starting with $100 to six figures. And she is incredibly positive. And I'm so excited to have on the show today Robin Johnson. Welcome, Robin.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and to be able to share what I've learned and this crazy road of entrepreneurship thing.
0: <laughs> so let's start out, Robin. All right. Grew up where and tell us where you are in the um, birth order, or maybe you're an only child.
1: Oh, no, I'm, I'm definitely the oldest. Oh, I am
0: okay. 100% the oldest.
1: And um, so I grew up in Ontario, California, not Ontario, Canada. But, yes, thank uh, you Ontario, for the California. Yes, <laughs> um, and so um, I I moved out to Phoenix, Arizona when I was about fifteen, and um, I've been living in Arizona since then. So uh, I've lived pretty much all of my, most of my, ad- all of my adult life in Arizona. Okay, and you're the oldest of. I'm the oldest of. Well, 2.5. I have a younger stepbrother who is a, okay. you know, we don't, we don't really do blood. Everybody in my family, everybody whose family is family. We don't really care about where they came from. So, um, but so I, I do have a younger brother, but he's, I think according to the birth order, he would be an only child because I think he ends up being about eight years difference than my sister.
0: About how many years? About eight. Eight. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So family life growing up for you. What was it? What was it like? you know
1: it was kind of a mixed bag. I had a I've always been a daddy's girl I love my dad I still love I love both my parents I love all my parents I have a very blended family so okay. um, my my mom remarried uh, this wonderful man named Carl and uh, he taught us about board games and uh Monty Python and (laughs) uh, musicals and all sorts of things like that. My dad ended up remarrying not until I was uh, actually an adult. Uh, He married uh, this wonderful woman from China. And at first I was like, who is this lady? I don't know. This doesn't seem like a good idea. But let me tell you, she is everything to our family. And she's She's the she keeps she's the glue that holds us all together, and I couldn't be more grateful for the step parents I've had. Uh, me, and my mom had kind of a rough relationship, um, but you know we all made it through, and I wouldn't have the life that I have today without
0: some of those earlier bumps. So, tell us about the the business that you started and the challenges that you had, and how that was the impetus for really some pretty pretty rapid growth. Yes. So you know how a lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh,
1: I had a lemonade stand and I sold all the wrapping paper. I did yeah. not do any of that. Like I, I was sold not knives,
0: Cutco knives. I mean, no, I, I never even. sold.
1: No, I, I, I was the kid that got in trouble because I ate the chocolate and didn't sell it or <laughs> I just left left the stupid wrapping paper like you know where your mom your mom or your dad is like trying to order like two things of wrapping paper so you can come in and you can get the dumb prize the little tiny prize Uh, i i didn't i hate selling and i was in the least capitalistic profession possible i was a youth minister um and i loved what i did i got to watch these like amazing young people kind of find who they were as adults. And it was great. I loved going to getting paid to go to California to do take kids to Disneyland and, you know, oh going gosh. on retreats. It was looking back now, I cannot imagine climbing over teenagers at two in the morning to make sure everybody's <sighs> not under a blanket, you know, just, totally. you know, yeah. <laughs> air quotes
0: there under a yeah, blanket. Uh-huh. Yes.
1: So making sure everybody is, 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 is being good and respectful, but um, it's my son got sick and okay. um, there was a point where they were testing him for for Job's disease, like you know Job from the Bible, like he was having uh, like what all that? of these what is issues that, that couldn't figure out that. was. Uh, it, it's it's a weird thing. It's you know I we only attract weird diseases in this family. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's a hallmark. Uh, <laughs> but uh so you know that he's like, well, the test will be like four thousand dollars. And you know, I want to say as a mom, my first instinct was anything for my child. But it was really more like, okay, how do I keep this kid alive and not yeah. lose the house? You know, and we were oh, just scared God. all the time. Like, you know, we How old was a- he? He was he had just turned two. Oh. and he stopped eating because uh, we went to China and we came back and he just was throwing up and he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't eat
0: I tried to give him cake and he wouldn't eat cake he wouldn't eat anything. So what um, happened what was what what was the diagnosis?
1: It ended up being that he has celiacs and selective IgA deficiency. Oh So when we went to China we took wheat out of the diet because we weren't eating wheat and then when we came back it was such a shock to his system it just threw everything. <sighs> So it took us a long time to figure that out, um, and so he he doesn't have Job's disease, so that's good. Um, that's good. Yeah. So you know, but my, I had no money. So I mean, you know, that the Dave Ramsey thing, where you know, the Financial sure. Peace University was a hundred bucks. I didn't even have the hundred bucks to buy Financial Peace University. My friend bought it for me because I didn't have. We didn't have anything. You know, we were oh in credit card debt and we were doing the Dave Ramsey thing. We were like trying to get our emergency fund built up. And uh, I remember listening to session six was about, you know, this lady who was buying strollers at garage sales and selling on Craigslist. And I was like, I could do that. I could do that. And so that's what I started doing. I took five twenties out of the emergency fund. It felt like a million dollars. I can still remember the five twenties in my hand and like my baby next to me. And um, by the way, at this point now I have a infant. So I have a six month old infant infant and a three-year-old. And that so this is, this is a brilliant time to start a business because I have nothing else going on and I'm still working at the church. Uh, And so uh, we start, we built that up. We started doing Craigslist, then eBay, then Amazon. We built it to seven figures
0: in just a couple of years. Seven figures. Uh, Sorry. I said six before. I'm so sorry. Well, we did hit six. We just hit seven after. (laughs) So it wasn't inaccurate. (laughs) So, so uh, tell me the year span of that. When was that? So Was that the that beginning w- of eBay?
1: Um no, it was like it was eBay was pretty much pretty established. It was kind of at the beginning of resellers on Amazon. So it was probably around 2010. Yeah, okay. about 2010. Okay.
0: Yeah. And today you help people with reselling. Or selling on Amazon, correct? Yeah. So we went from kind of like, we
1: found other Amazon sellers, and then, you know, they were like, oh, you're doing a good job. Could you help us? And so we started teaching things about profitability and um, things about how to like scale the business. And then we started buying wholesale. And we realized that Amazon was a really big problem for, um, for brands. And so we started an agency about five or six years ago. And that's what we do now. So we have some companies, we have several Shark Tank products, we have some startups, we have some, you know, we've worked with publicly traded companies. So, you know, it's, it's been really fun. And I love getting to do, I mean, like, I get to contribute to all of these people's dreams and, you know, help get more people employed. And I just love what I do.
0: That's amazing. So, When you and I got connected, you were sharing with me some health issues that you got and kind of like how that really shaped and shifted your life and your attitude. You want to share that?
1: Yeah. So I was working a lot. You know, I was, I was busy. (laughs) I had, I basically had two businesses at that point. Um, kind of like, you know, kind of like a little bit of a third we were, you know, and I still had the two kids and uh, we actually have some friends of family that are living with us to that go to college or to go to high school and college. So we, we became like a family of six for you know a while. And, um, I was just really tired. And somebody even had said at an event, like, you know, are you okay? You look tired. And I was like, oh, I'm just working too much. I just, I'm just, i just working too much. And then one day I was taking my daughter in for cooking classes. By the way, my daughter loves to bake. Like she wants to meet Duff. So if anybody has any connections. <laughs> um, but, but she was going to cooking class and just yes. walking in to get her. I couldn't, you know, like when you're running and you have run, Like when you're running in the airport and you run as fast as you can for as long as you can and you're like, (gasps) yeah, that's how I was just walking. So I went back home. I laid down. I took my heart rate. I'd been laying down for 20 minutes and my heart rate was 138. Mm -hmm. So really high. And so I went into the hospital and, you know, I almost left because I was like, this is dumb. I'm going into the hospital because I'm a little short of breath. This is silly. Obviously, this was before COVID when short of breath was all we talked about. Right, right, right. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. So um, we, you know, we went in and they're like, oh, maybe it's a panic attack. And I was like, look, I know a panic attack. This is not a panic attack. Um, And um, they came back and, and the same scan, they said, you have something on your thyroid and you know we need to check it for thyroid cancer. Spoiler alert: it was cancer, and um, then we also they also found a pulmonary embolism. So I was okay, in the can hospital. Can you just so a um, pulmonary embolism is a blood clot in the lungs? So you, if you catch it while you're awake, you have a pretty good chance of survival. If they if you it, you know, if you've watched Gray's I'd only watch Gray's Anatomy. I watch a lot of Gray's Anatomy. So if you watch a lot of Gray's Anatomy, that's how people die on the spot. So when she okay, said I had a pulmonary okay. embolism, I had flashes like, of Izzy. And yeah, like, yeah, right, right. this, You're this like, is oh, it.
0: Of Izzy, I love that you just said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what were your greatest learning lessons from that? So the, what so, happened?
1: You know, even though I, like, quote unquote, knew better, um, I really got really present to No time is promised, and I can't wait for someday, maybe, for my life to turn out so I can do the things that I want and be the person I want and have the relationships I want. You know, I I really did work hard to have those things, but you know, there was always like I could grow the business and what the you know I could grow the business. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this, and it really focused me on saying, you know what? Not only for me, but for my team. Because when you, as a leader in an organization, run fast, it makes your team run fast. That every we all needed to slow down. And I really thought this was going to end our. I was working like sixty to eighty hours a week, you know, because I loved what I did. And you know, if I wasn't working, I was with my kids. That was pretty much all I did. As kids. I was I was really boring to talk to because I didn't have much (laughs) else going on. (laughs) Um, But but you know, we. I thought this was going to. I was like, what am I going to do? I can't do all the things, you know, for. Because between the pulmonary embolism and then the thyroid surgery. And then, and, you know, they say th- thyroid cancer, I, I'm not trying to say that my cancer, like compared to a lot of cancers, yes. thyroid cancer is relatively easy to treat. However, there right. were some complications with the surgery. So basically, you know, for six months, if I was able to work two to four hours a day, that was a really good day.
0: So I interviewed um, a man, um, don eric in a previous episode and he um donated his i think it was kidney to his father then he needed a total heart transplant which he got and then his other kidney was failing and he is should be getting another kidney soon if he hasn't already but his whole his whole lesson to me was back to your comment of like no time is promised but he also got really clear on what was important to him. Did that help you too? There was, when we were first going to the hospital, I thought I was having
1: a heart attack because, you know, they always, you know, like, again, I've watched too much grace Anatomy. And so, <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. House. I've watched too much House too. Right. But. So I was, you know, so I was like trying not to panic my husband. I was like, you know, I'm not going to die, but, you know, but if I died, you know, Eddie could help you with this and Cindy could help you with that. And, and then I was like, make sure you t- do these things. And he's like, what are you talking about? And in my mind, I was, I, my life was flashing before my eyes. And, you know, the, the things that mattered were my kids, my family. Yeah. And, you know, we had always, I'm, I'm, because I'm a daddy's girl, we have like family dinner, like every other week, at least, um, yeah. you know, so, you know, I, I was really grateful for the time that I had and the amazing thing, memories that I had with my kids. Um, and, you know, business didn't really matter at that point, you know, it, mm-hmm. it you know, that it's, the, I definitely, I know that I make a difference for what I do and that's why I love doing it, but, Ultimately, my my legacy is resting with not only the people that I interact with on a daily basis, but hopefully with the lessons and the memories that I leave with my kids.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, an old team member that used to work for me, when she would get stressed out, I would say, this at work is all bullshit. What matters is the stuff at home. And, and I'm not putting down the work that I do yeah. because it's very, very important. Same with you. But in comparison to that, it, it pales, it pales.
1: So knowing that and thinking, you know, and, um, there was a quote from Napoleon Hill and Napoleon hill Hill's got not everybody's Napoleon Hill fan. Um, but he's got some really great quotes and, um, one of the quotes is, every adversity, every failure, every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. And for me, while I, there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of sorrow, there was a lot of fear, out of that, I really refocused on the things that were important. And you would think that my business would have suffered, but it actually grew, Mm. me pulling away forced me to trust my team in a way that I might, I don't think I would have before. So,
0: Okay. So it was trust of the team. Mm -hmm. What else were the things that, so you mentioned the trust piece, what else did you do differently?
1: So I realized that I don't need to do everything. And every, you know, like I, I, I think that for a while and it's, it seems selfless, like I'm going to do it all because, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to check everything. Uh, and I still work on this. Like I am like, I'm not cu- cured from this, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more conscious about really listening for the amazing. Te- I mean, I, I've i never been prouder of my team. I've got the most amazing team. I love working with every single one of them. And um, you know, it's, it's forced me to really listen for their greatness and what they can contribute to the team instead of listening for what's going to go wrong, what's going to go wrong, you know, what do we miss? And um, really let them let them make mistakes because I made mistakes and the business was fine. And um, so it, I still have that panic when the email goes out and it's not the way we had that today. Like an email went out, it's like, they already said that, why did we say that? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. but in reality, like as long as we keep over, you know, we are going to make mistakes and we're all going to learn from those mistakes, just like I learned from my mistakes. That's how my team is going to grow and develop. We just want to manage, you know, making sure that we're not having an excess of those, but they do happen on occasion.
0: So I just watched this uh, video and it was a woman, it was on Jay Shetty. I don't know if you've read any of his books, uh, Think Like a Monk and and I don't know any other. Anyway, he had this guest on and she was talking about uh, surrendering, and you know when we delegate or when we trust our team to do things it's really a form of surrendering it's like okay yeah. i'm going to hand this over i'm going to trust that you're going to do your best it might not be the way i want it uh and just talking about how surrendering can give you so much freedom we think it's harder than controlling things but it actually gives you way more freedom and um and I think the, the return is even better. And by the, let me just say, by the way, I'm terrible at it. I mean, with my team, I'm pretty good, but I am not good at surrendering everything else in my life.
1: It's hard. And I think that sometimes people think, well, it's hard. That means I'm doing it wrong. No, it's hard because it's hard and yeah. it's not natural for a lot of us especially those of us that are caretakers or feel like things have to be right for people to love us where we have some sort of self-worth tied with our results you know it yeah. it is hard for us to let go of those results because it's letting go of who we think we are and you know as an entrepreneur i really noticed that when my bank account was good i felt really good about myself mm-hmm. and when my bank account was not good i was worthless, you know, and you have to disconnect that a bit.
0: Okay. I love that you're talking about this. Uh, I created this, this resiliency model. It's called my heroic model. And I got it from my guests like you. And one of the things that I've found consistently with my guests is that their self-worth is not tied to their success. It might've been at one point, but they learned through failure. In order to fail forward, you've got to separate those two things. You can't tie it to your... And that's what I really struggled with when I closed Blown, which was my business I was sharing with you that I closed. I was ashamed because I thought, well, everybody knows me as the woman that owns Blown. And it was tied to my self-worth and my ego, right? And separating those two was that was maybe the greatest gift that I got from closing that business.
1: Because the people who love you are still going to love you. But I, you know, I, I had a podcast for a while called the unstoppable entrepreneur. And, you know, when things were bad, I was like, what was I thinking naming it that now people are going to be like, oh, get okay, she was stoppable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could hear them laughing. And I was like, what was wrong with me? It's like calling trouble, you know, and I, but in reality, you know, I, I would have gotten up and I would have dusted myself off after crying a little bit and maybe having some rocky road
0: and then I would have moved on. Right, right. I like the name Unstoppable, actually. I think it's pretty great. I think it's inspiring. We, you know,
1: it's, (laughs) so one of my favorite quotes about courage is courage isn't the absence of fear, but it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, so like if you watch like the Superman Uh, like if you read like Superman comics, they have Mm -hmm. the one with Superman flying towards the wall and then they have the one with him flying out after the wall, but they never really show the one where like like the bricks like in his eyes and his face is all smushed and stretched. And that's where entrepreneurship lives. It lives in that messy, broken, not pretty, ugly cry kind of place.
0: That is a beautiful analogy. I love that and i would even say it's not just entrepreneurship it's life yeah really the gifts are in that messy space
1: and but when you're looking at somebody else's comic book you're only seeing the before and after so when you compare that to what you have Girl. you will always be feeling short
0: okay so have you read brene brown's uh, atlas of the heart
1: i love brene brown she's wonderful
0: She's amazing. So that's her newest book, and she talks about comparison. And uh, so you know how comparison, comparison, like the grass is always greener. Yes. That term. Have you heard this? Have I already? Have you heard this before? So I'm like, going to uh, bore you. No, I don't think you're going to bore me out. Oh, uh, thanks. I, I'm Our not sure if I've heard this. So you've me. read this. No, okay. No. So actually, the grass is greener when you're on the other side of the fence. Yes. Scientifically, it is greener because of the angle that you're at. So <laughs> it's, not necess- it's not really greener, but the angle that you have gives the perception that it is. So, so we, our eyes think that it's greener, but it's really not. And that's the same, right, with comparison. Like we actually think that their life is better, but it's not. It's not. It's the same. When I but was coaching a lot of high-volume
1: Amazon sellers, and,
0: yeah. you know, I
1: get somebody and they're like, oh, I'm just I'm just not as good as so-and-so, and I'm just not right. as good as so-and-so, and I'd look at their books, I'm like, in my mind, I was thinking, well, I've seen so-and-so's books, and your books are way better, you know? So, you know, sometimes you, we, we don't even have a good bearing because people oftentimes only share the the shiny part. Uh, have you seen Encanto?
0: Okay. No, but you're the second person this week.
1: Oh, you need to watch Wait, Encanto. What's it about?
0: What's it about? Okay. I, I cannot remember. So,
1: it's, it's, I mean, it's got a lot of family trauma in it, right? So there's, you know, okay. something that happens that, but basically uh, there's a, what, the, 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 so there's a lot of great things in it. There's two pieces that like I cried twice. And the first one is there's Louisa and she, her gift is she's really strong. And so she's doing all of these things. She's lifting donkeys, she's helping the villagers. And she's like, you know, if I can't, if I can't do all of this, I'm worthless. You know, if I falter, you know, then, you know, what will what, what will people? I'll have no value. And she's singing the song, talking about surface pressure, about how uh, you know this pressure keeps building, and she's afraid if she falters, then she won't have that identity anymore. And uh, you know, and and at the end, you know, through I don't know. Now you haven't seen it, so I don't know if I should tell you the end. But Wait, don't there, no, don't tell the end because no. our listeners
0: might want to watch it. Yeah, there,
1: there there's a there is a yeah. I, there's a quote at the <laughs> end <laughs> that yeah. you want to pay attention to. And it says, the, ma- it, it, the, it, the end is, uh, the miracle is you. But you got to listen mm. to all of it. Okay. And you got to, I personally recommend watching it twice because the first, Lin-Manuel's uh, lyrics move really fast. So yes. it wasn't until the second time I was like, oh my gosh, I totally missed that joke. That was hilarious.
0: Okay. So is this on um, uh, like a Netflix sort of situation?
1: Disney Plus, And I think you can rent it on Amazon prime too.
0: Of course, you know, Amazon, cause you're the Amazon queen. Uh, all right. This is, this is so good. I'm going to watch that. What else are you really into right now? Give me some other tips. So I told you Atlas of the heart. I'm super into that book right now.
1: Um, There's a, the last chapter in Think and Grow Rich for Women. So Think and Grow Rich uh, for Think and Grow Rich for Women, um, was, was kind of adapted by Sharon Lecter, who actually co-wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad. She did did a lot of the writing for Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. And so she, uh, rewrote, she kind of added modern day commentary on there for women. And the last chapter wasn't in Napoleon Hill, but it was actually the most impact. It was like, it was kind of an add-on. Piece that she did uh, with her friend uh, Elaine Rawls. And she talks about how uh, basically balance is a myth and that there's no such thing as balance because balance means things are stationary, like they're still. And you never have that as a mother, as a woman. You're always, it's she. So Elaine's thing is you have to have one big life. And everything has to fit in this one big life. And, you know, kind of taught me, like, it's okay to not have the perfect snacks for preschool drop-off if, you know, it means that, you know, by doing this business deal, I can get my kids braces, you know, like, not everything needs to be managed perfectly. Sometimes I'm going to lean towards my family and, you know, like, it's never going to be balanced but it's making sure that I'm working towards this ultimate life goal. I had the privilege of being mentored by Sharon. And one of the things she asked people when you meet her and you're talking with her is if time and money wasn't a consideration, so you didn't have yeah. to worry about having enough time, you didn't have to worry about ma- making enough money, then what would you be doing with your life? And then building a life that gets you in that direction intentionally.
0: So what would you be doing? I'll tell you what I w- what I want to be doing. And I'm already doing it but you, so, you go. Yeah. So my kids are starting to get to the age where they're
1: going to, I mean, my, my son's 15. So I feel like I can hear the clock ticking where I'm not going to be cool anymore. So I, I'm, I'm soaking <laughs> up all of that because I know it's coming. <laughs> I can hear the harbinger. So, but so obviously my kids and my family and my husband, but if the, the thing that I would want to do is I would want to help other entrepreneurs because I see so many people being like, oh, well, I have this perfect lifestyle they make it sound so easy that it makes people feel like there's something wrong with them when it's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is hard. And if it wasn't hard, more people would do it. <laughs> so I know. I know. it, you know, and, and, and failure is like fertilizer. It stinks, but you need it to grow.
0: Girl, you have had the best one-liners. I've written down like <laughs> six of them. Say that one again. And they're pretty much all stolen from somewhere. I just don't know what. Whatever. That's just who cares? (laughs) You're sharing it. Fertilizer uh, failures like fertilizer. It stinks, but you need it to grow. (laughs) That's amazing. That's That's so good. I think I got that from Ingrid Vanderbilt, but I'm not positive. All right, two things I have to tell you. Number one, I had a friend over this week who was telling me the exact same thing that you said about balance. She doesn't believe that there is work-life balance. She thinks work and life are the same thing. You can't separate work and life. So it's life balance. And then she said the same thing about like, you know, you're always gonna be out of balance because you're moving, you're constantly moving. You're never gonna be, you're never gonna have that equal. And so it's choices, right? And it's purposely letting balls drop. Saying,
1: yep, yeah, I'm bringing chips. I'm bringing, I'm cool bringing chips.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm trying to think of something that I've done in the last week, but that I was like, yeah, I'm not. going to. Oh, this weekend, my family, we were like, where we're going to have brunch, and my sister was like, sister-in-law was like, you know, either you can host it or I will, and I was like, you can go ahead and host it. Like I, I tell me what you need me to bring, and I'm bringing fruit bowl, and you know how easy that is to pick up the grocery, and there it is. So I loved that you said that. And then the second thing that you said that I super dig is, you know, what would you what would you do with your time? And I'd be doing this and I'd be coaching people, which, which I've, you know, I do. And it's the number one, it's the two top things in my life. Obviously have, spending time with family and friends, but from a, you know, vocation standpoint, yes. You know, and I work with like
1: a I work with a high performance coach too, uh, and um, every week we're looking at you know what do I want to build for my life like two years out, working back to like what do I need to do today? Because it's like saying I want to lose fifty pounds. It's easy to eat the cheesecake today, thinking the fifty pounds. Yeah, but if you're like I need to lose a pound this week then you're you have you're like, okay, well, I can't eat the cheesecake and meet that goal. So That's right. It's, yeah, it's breaking things down into bites because yes. uh, big hairy goals are not enough to get you out of bed most days.
0: Have you read the book, The Source? So that she talks about manifestation of things and really manifestation of the tiny steps along the way to get to that vision, yeah. right? And uh, so through that book and some other tools that I have, you do a three-year plan, and then you've got your one year, and then you've got your monthly and weekly. And I do it. I have an accountability buddy that I talk to every week. I talk to my executive coach about it too. And they keep me on track. But it's it's work. It goes back to your thing before. It's work. The
1: way to make miracles predictable is to do the work to make them predictable, which means having the accountability, having, uh, you know, having, having a phone book where you can't go whine, you know, where there's nobody in your phone book that's going to take you have a pity party for you and be like, okay, well, you know, I got to a point where I go, one time I was really frustrated. I called my best friend. I was like, I'm so frustrated with my husband. And she's like, all right, well, I'm not committed to you being frustrated with your husband. I'm committed to you having a good marriage. So how can we get you there? You know, and In the moment, I wanted her to be like, Yeah, he's such a jerk because he did something small. But you know, in reality, (laughs) I want people that are like that are gonna root for my marriage no matter what. And so I try to do that for my friends, you know. I'm always on the side of, you know, how can they get what they really want for their lives? And it doesn't have to be marriage, it doesn't have to be anything. We just what they really want, what they're committed to. Yeah.
0: Oh. Robin, you have like Listeners, I told Robin there was a reason why we were supposed to talk today, and it's so amazing what the universe gives or God, whatever you want to say, because everything that you shared with me today was just what I needed to hear. So thank you for being on the show today. Listeners, will have all the information about Robin in our link, but thank you for being on the show today.
1: It was my pleasure. I hope it was helpful,
0: and uh, thanks for letting me letting me share. It was more than helpful. And you gave me like 16 quotes that I'm going to repeat <laughs> and use. Thanks, Robin. Thank you. I want to thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on social media outlets at Fail Forward Pod.